Hello and welcome back to Interpreting India. 2021 has been defined by a deadly second wave of COVID-19, precarious geopolitical relations, and a rapidly evolving technological landscape. This season, we at Carnegie India are examining many of these challenges and opportunities that India will confront in the coming decade. I'm your host Anirudh Burman and this week we are diving deep into Delhi's new draft master plan 2041. Most cities undertake plan development and make periodic plans to direct the way the city should develop. Proper planning and implementation allow stakeholders to understand the requirements of the city and to weigh in on issues like housing, commercial, environmental and infrastructure requirements. At the same time, improper planning often exacerbates housing shortages, increases commuting distances and leads to environmental degradation. City plans in India have been criticized for improper projections and assessments, lack of adequate consultations, top-down decision making and faulty implementation. It is against this context that we discuss the new draft master plan 2041 for Delhi published by the Delhi Development Authority. Delhi is one of the fastest growing cities in the world and among the most economically dynamic in Asia. It is a historic city that is also one of Asia's greenest. It serves as India's capital and also as North India's key commercial center. In the past, master plans for Delhi have sought to address the challenges that come with these advantages: high population growth and inward migration, environmental damage and housing unaffordability among others. In July, the DDA released the draft master plan 2041. It follows the city's master plan 2021 that was in operation until last year. The 2021 plan aimed to make Delhi a global metropolis and a world-class city but was criticized for its reduced responsiveness to the needs of low-income communities and its inability to meet targets on time. The 2041 draft plan also comes after the devastating second wave of the coronavirus pandemic. In this episode of Interpreting India, we aim to understand and analyze the fourth Delhi master plan. How has this plan for 2041 improved upon the shortcomings of the preceding master plans? Does it address the new urban requirements stemming from the coronavirus pandemic? And finally, how does it compare with the planning process across other cities in India? Joining us today to discuss the Delhi Master Plan 2041 is Rumi Ayaz. Rumi is a senior fellow at ORF, where he is responsible for the Urban Policy Research Initiative. His research focuses on building a better understanding of urban issues to produce new and correct knowledge for managing urban growth in India. Rumi has previously held positions at the non-government organization Sanket and the National Institute of Urban Affairs. He is the author of the book India's Urbanization Experience, which was published in 2015. Dr. Ayers, welcome to Interpreting India. Delighted to have you with us. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me. So let's start with a bit of an introduction to the planning process. Uh, why are master plans created? What do they try to do in the context of urban centers like Delhi? And how well has this process worked for Delhi in the past? Master plan is basically a document that uh, prepared by the an agency which is in this which functions in this city uh, for guiding the development of that city uh, if you look at any global city before 
we come down to India or Delhi, and that too from uh, say the the Europe or the United States or some of the other developed countries in the world, uh, you know, a stark contrast exists between uh, the, the developments that we see there and the developments that we see, see here in our country. Uh, there, uh, in those countries, in, in developed countries, uh, the, the development looks very orderly. And this is basically due to uh, a plan which was prepared and it was followed with respect to implementation because of which uh, things look more orderly there than in our country. So to respond to your question, I would say that uh, that is the main uh, aim of the master plan is to guide the development process in the city. And uh, when you talk about other global cities, do master plans in those cities also resemble the kinds of proposals that are contained in our master plans, especially some of the details with regard to the design of housing, the kind of land use planning? Do those also go into those kinds of details or is it much more high level uh, explanation of the overall philosophy of planning? The master plans uh, which are followed or prepared in the most, some of the most developing, developed countries in the world, uh, I would say that these are uh, quite different from what is being prepared for Indian cities. Uh, the reason is that uh, those cities are much ahead in, in development, in uh, innovations, in technology, and, and uh, they have come up to a level where a different kind of approach is being followed there, unlike what we see here for Indian cities. So if you travel in a global city, like uh, a city from China or a city from even UAE or in UK uh, or in the US, uh, the, the, the kind of uh, land use, or the utilization of land for different activities is a lot different from what has happened here. Because, uh, uh, they, as I said, they, they, those nations are at a different level. They have taken care of uh, several social and economic issues. Uh, unfortunately, India uh, is still uh, struggling to uh, address those issues. And hence, I would say that uh, the plans or the plan documents prepared for those cities which are in the developed countries and those that are prepared in India are uh, could, could be said to be significantly different. Uh, if, uh, if I were to give an example, uh, I would uh, I would make a reference to the 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 uh, the characteristics uh, that exist in a city, and by characteristics I mean the resources like water bodies, the green areas, uh, the, the, the connectivity. Uh, so there, uh, they give a lot of attention to, to those aspects. 
the the kind of heritage uh, that we see there uh, is is all maintained at a different level uh, here in india uh, not uh, enough attention has been paid in so far as uh, a holistic uh, a holistic approach is concerned here we are handling things in part by part but not holistically so uh, that's the reason uh, we see more of balanced development and equity there and uh, here we see more of imbalances and inequalities that we would come to in the uh, later part of the discussion right and uh, what you are basically saying is that proper planning can actually address socio economic inequalities that arise in the process of urbanization uh could you explain that a little bit more what are the uh, planning tools or processes that actually help address some of these issues uh, while a city is trying to undergo urbanization uh, yes uh, I, i would in this regard i would say that uh, you know i will go back to the example of a developed country where when you travel from one part of the other uh, to the other uh, you uh, do not see so much of uh, deprivation and inequalities and uh, and the harm which is being caused to the environment uh, uh, which which we see here in indian cities in a in a significant manner uh like if you come down to the case of indian city and that to delhi uh, if you look at the developments that have occurred in delhi um, most of those are due to the planning efforts that have been made from time to time since the uh since uh, pre independence times i would say when the when sir edwin lucrens and herbert baker had prepared uh must for the new delhi area uh since there was a plan at that time uh several of the the developments uh, that were that took place happened in a planned manner uh, but subsequently uh, there was a period uh, when uh, no plan was available for the city of delhi in india what happened was or if you look at the case particularly of delhi uh, there was a period when uh, there was no plan for the city and this happened uh, before india attained independence uh, the lutwens plan edward lutwens plan uh, period was over after 1931 and uh, thereafter uh, until 1961 there was no master plan for the city of delhi and uh, while a plan was needed uh, as people continued to pour into delhi they they were coming into delhi from various uh, parts of the country and even from uh, the neighboring countries uh, they 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 required many things and they Uh, they provided for for them themselves because the agencies uh, that existed did not know about their requirements and therefore uh, what happened as a result of all these uh, developments is 
that uh, the inequalities began to uh, emerge. They began to happen uh, in different parts of the city. Uh, there were migrants who were coming, uh, many people who were coming, uh, who come to Delhi, still now they come for, uh, for occupation, for finding some livelihood. And, uh, and, and not only work uh, or employment activities were required, they, they, since they were migrating, housing, uh, infrastructure, services like water, sanitation, roads, um, were all required. And since there was no plan and all of these things were required, uh, some private builders uh, began to operate in, in a manner uh, in which they felt like. And there were no uh, strict guidelines or rules and regulations to be followed by them. And therefore, uh, haphazard development began to occur. So uh, here you can see the significance of a plan, of a master plan. If there is a plan, uh, and if it is prepared on the basis of people's requirements and uh, the long-term requirements of a city, uh, the agencies are in a good position to, to guide uh, future developments that occur. But if there is no plan or if, uh, if the planning agencies do not uh, prepare a plan which efficiently meets the requirements of the people, then uh, inequalities occur. And this is what uh, is observed in the case of Delhi. Unlike uh, some of the global cities in developed countries where uh, I would say two things are distinguish those cities from our cities. One is that they have brought a large section of the society up to a certain level, which I'm trying to say that there has been an upliftment of the society there. People have been brought above the poverty lines and they lead a better life. Uh, you know, in Singapore, cities like Singapore, uh, persons who are employed in various informal sector activities live in uh, better off areas because they are able to afford afford it, unlike here, and and uh, they they live in planned areas. They so so those uh, city governments they have uplifted the populations, uh, they have brought them over, above poverty line, and then they have uh, prepared uh, plans to which th that population is responding very well. Because when you prepare a plan. Uh, you would want the society to respond in a certain manner. If you have a plan for waste management uh, or, or any other activity, you would want the society. It is not a one-sided effort. It is an effort from on the sides of both the parties, the planning agencies, the development agencies on one side, and the citizens on the other side. So if you are wishing uh, to get a response from the society on a certain thing, you have to uh, have the society of that type. You have to uplift the society. If you don't do it, uh, even a good plan will not uh, be able to give a proper shape 
or development to a city thank you for that and while we are talk uh, on that topic i just wanted to ask you planning in delhi has often been criticized for not being consultative enough so first of all do you agree with that proposition that we have not been consultative enough in uh, preparing master plans in the past and the second part of that question is has something changed in the way consultations have taken place in the preparation of this 2041 master plan like i said previously it, the city's character is defined by by those who are the uh on the one hand the government and on the other hand the civil society or the citizens uh, so from that point of view uh, collecting inputs or feedback or opinions from citizens is the basis or it's the fundamental thing the legal document or the delhi development authority act has it has this provision as a mandatory requirement that is survey of uh, citizens is to be conducted to know their requirements opinions uh, before a master plan is finalized so since the dda act was prepared first and all the subsequent or the master plans uh, the first one the second master plan the third master plan and the now the fourth master plan all of these master plans have to follow the guidelines or the provisions provided in the dda act therefore in every master plan this process of uh, obtaining inputs from the citizens has been followed uh, now if you if you one is interested in knowing about the uh, the the quality uh, or the manner in which this exercise of inputs collection or uh, responses collection has been conducted i would say it has improved over time previously the indian cities and if you talk about delhi there is a lot of diversity there are there are people from different social and economic classes so previously not enough importance was given to capture uh, the diversity uh, in the plan preparation process but now when you look at the uh, fourth master plan the for, from the information that is available and from what we uh, learn through discussions and publications uh, in the media or elsewhere uh this diversity and i would say that an attempt has been made to capture this diversity and by this i mean to say that uh, there are people who are living in the slums in delhi there are people who are living in unauthorized colonies in resettlement colonies in urban villages like munirka in in villages about 2% of delhi's area is still rural and there is that rural population that lives in those villages then there are census towns and peri urban area you know so and then there are planned areas so by diversity this is what i mean that indian cities offer uh, a wide diversity of social and economic characteristics and if the surveys are conducted they have to ensure that this uh, diverse views are captured because i'm sure you would agree that your requirement the requirement of slum dwellers the requirement of those who live in unauthorized colonies those who live in planned colonies those who live in villages 
in rural parts of Delhi, those who live in census towns, which are not statutory towns, they, they are still governed by rural uh, governments. Uh, and also those who, who live in, in, uh, in peri-urban areas like, uh, like Bijwasan or Najaf, th their requirements are totally different. So I would say, and then there are other, other activities that exist in this. The plan is for the whole population of Delhi. There are people who are traders, uh, and who are resident well, who are part of resident welfare associations there are group housing societies there are planned plotted colonies so i would say in this plan the fourth plan from what we are hearing or learning at least an effort has been made to identify this diversity and to conduct consultations with this now if you probe this angle or aspect further uh, one would be interested in knowing or seeing transparent information in this regard. While they have identified and highlighted that there is a diversity that exists, but uh, to what extent uh, this has been captured, if they, they have been to all of these diverse areas that exist in the city, how much proportion of that population has been consulted, uh, is is a question mark and it's not so transparent so to respond to your question yes improvement has been made in this respect insofar as collecting diverse opinions is concerned but there is less transparency in how much of that diversity within a certain cluster has been captured that's good to know and it would be great if we could actually get access to some of that information uh, next, I'd like to uh, ask you if you could walk us through some of the main suggestions of this new draft master plan for 2041. Uh, what are some of the proposals that are uh, eye-catching, that are welcome and new? And what are the main differences from previous master plans for Delhi? Yes, this is uh, a question that uh, is of concern and interest to almost everyone who's living in the city of Delhi. So I would say that this is a uh, very good question. Uh, my response in this respect would be that, uh, as you know now, and as all planners, urban planners, and the planning community knows, that uh, there is a purpose for preparing a master plan. Uh, previously, the purpose was, uh, as previously, by previously, I mean, uh, in, in, in the past, when Delhi was still evolving or developing, uh, there was more emphasis on land use planning. You know, vacant areas were available a lot in the past as unlike today. And therefore, there was a lot of land use planning related work in the past. Uh, but now at this stage in which we are, uh, I would say that the focus has shifted uh, to, to sectoral planning. Uh, land use planning is happening in bits and parts because there is much lesser land that is available in current times as against uh, what was available in the past. But now, since most of the development has already occurred, many construction uh, has happened, there is less vacant spaces available. Therefore, the focus is more on uh, sectoral planning. And by sectoral planning, 
we understand that it is uh, to do with mobility, to do with housing, to do with infrastructure and services, is to do with environment, economy. And hence, when we look at the uh, scope or the outline of the fourth master plan, you would find uh, chapters on environment, on economy, on heritage, on culture, on public spaces, on shelter, on mobility. And all of these have found a place within the document because uh, there is a requirement uh, for these things. When the plan was being prepared, uh, they did a, a comprehensive, or the DDA did a comprehensive baseline study of the sectoral position, the condition of various of each of these sectors, what is required and uh, how that can be done. And hence, uh, there are these uh, chapters within the fourth master plan of Delhi, draft plan, uh, where uh, you could find uh, information on all of these sectoral aspects. So to respond to the second part of your question, I would, uh, I would begin by still by land use planning, and I would uh, uh, as related to the uh, aspect of housing. Uh, the first, uh, that is the first sector that I would like to uh, emphasize or focus on. Uh, the requirement for houses that was worked out uh, for 2041, which means that by 2041, so many houses would be required uh, for uh, those people who are either living in slums or unauthorized colonies or new migrants who come to Delhi. And, and the requirement of, there was a requirement of 3.5 3 billion or 34.5 lakh houses. Now, uh, what can a planner do or a city planner do in this regard? They would do and what the fourth master plan to a great extent rightly uh, suggests is that they, they, they are following three policies with regard to meeting the housing requirements by 2041. The first thing that they are doing is that they are trying to uh, create space uh, or you could say they are trying to uh, degenerate uh, ex the existing housing stock, which basically means that within the planned colonies that we see that they are trying, the, the, the suggestion is to increase the densities there by identifying those areas which have been not utilized so far and uh, building uh, some kind of an accommodation there. Uh, to me, this sounds a little unrealistic because it is not so easy to do that. But this is what uh, one thing that they have suggested. In addition to this, the second thing they have suggested is to, is to create new housing stock. And here, uh, the, the, the case of land use planning has been applied where they, they would be acquiring uh, new, new land. Uh, you know, in the peripheral areas of Delhi, there is still uh, some vacant land that is available. Uh, and uh, 
you you might have heard some time back about the tds land pooling policy so what they are doing there is that they are trying to assemble or acquire vacant land and they would be uh, constructing or creating new housing stock so part of the housing demand would be met in this manner the third thing that they are doing is that they in in both these cases in in greenfield areas which means creating where new housing stock is been created and in the brownfield areas which means that in increasing densities in existing built up areas in both these cases they are also emphasizing on uh, creating uh, rental housing which means that uh, there are migrants who are in a position to to pay for the rents who would be who come to delhi from time to time so in both these different two types of areas rental housing of different types would be created it has happened in the past but this policy would continue it would be created so because to own a house in delhi is not easy for for everyone uh, so so for this reason they have and the government of india has also come out with a rental housing act uh, which uh, has begun to be applied or they, it would be applied very soon uh, which would support such uh, suggestions being made in the delhi master plan so this is the housing sector uh, in so far as uh, Uh, the the fourth plan is concerned uh if i would also explain one more sector if uh, it is of uh, interest for the purpose of the discussion here and that is to say uh, the the water sector water supply sector uh, you know uh, very recently in the news you heard about uh haryana government uh, not releasing enough supply and delhi would be facing a serious problem of water uh in the times to come you know delhi's water situation is such that it is dependent it does not have sufficient water within its own territory uh so it is dependent over 50% dependence on the adjoining states of haryana himachal pradesh and uttar pradesh so uh so so uh there is a role for master plan and the master plan has been playing this role over the years not only this plan but in the previous plans also the fourth plan specifically in this regard says that uh, water consumption is more uh, they they give four suggestions in this regard one is that you need to reduce the consumption of water it is uh, uh, the 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 these the uh, this the norm or the standard that has been set for delhi uh they 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 say that that norm or standard uh, of supply like liters per capita per day every person's requirement in a day has to be brought down so they suggest reduce this consumption of water in a variety of ways one is uh, make them more aware give them Uh, low supply and improve the plumbing fixture, fixtures within the households uh, which will bring down the consumption levels the second thing is they say there is a lot of scope for recycling of water you know there are uh, cities uh, in the west and in uae etc where there is a lot of emphasis on 
recycling of water. You know, water is a very precious resource. And if you do not recycle it, you will not be able to meet the requirements of the society. And therefore, they say the fourth plan suggests greater emphasis on recycling of wastewater. You know, 80% of the water that goes in the pipeline for supply, 80% uh, of that water goes to waste. Uh, there are several methods in which that wastewater can be reused for non-potable uh, purposes, for washing cars, for, uh, for providing water to the plants, in cisterns, in bathrooms, and so on. So the third thing they say is rainwater harvesting. I've, uh, of late, I've written a couple of articles on papers on rainwater harvesting because this is still a very neglected area in India as a whole, and even in Delhi. Although uh, the building bylaws of Delhi, uh, they, they have made it mandatory for households of a size of 100 square meters to install rainwater harvesting systems within their premises. But that uh, condition is not being fulfilled due to various social and economic reasons. And therefore, uh, there is a lot of rain, I would say, that is received during the monsoon season each year, which is not being uh, stored, number one, stored for reuse and also, enough provisions have not been made for its uh, uh, channelization into groundwater, or what we say is groundwater recharge. Uh, rainwater harvesting systems have been installed in a number of uh, institutional areas, commercial areas, public places, and households in Delhi. But I would say only 20 to 30% of this work has been done. Um, uh, there is still a lot of scope. So that's uh, the third aspect in which they say that the water demand should be met. And the fourth is systemic issues. Uh, there are in the pipeline, there are leakages. Uh, there is a lot of non-revenue water uh, because of non-metered supply that has been provided in, in several areas. In uh, slums and unauthorized colonies, there is a very... Uh, unhappy situation of water supply. So while planned areas would still be receiving some quantities of water, the, the concern or the main concern during pandemic times, during Corona times, when there is so much emphasis on sanitation and hygiene, when water and cleansing is required, and you can imagine uh, those households do not have adequate access to piped water supply. Piped supply is cleaner than other so tankers and other sources of water. I explained two sectors, housing and water supply. The plan does touch upon uh, two sectors in, to, to a great extent. Uh, I would say that there are further work is required because I see deficiencies and scope for further improvement. Uh, that that's a very comprehensive overview of what this plan contains and i'd like to talk about one or two of the specifics so one thing that struck me was that compared to some of the previous plans it recognizes the need for densification and for reducing commuting times for people so 
and for this it actually promotes more mixed use of property within neighborhoods and allows for relaxations for certain kinds of uh, mixed use so can you give us your perspective on these proposals are these first what is the context in which these proposals are being made and second do you think these will actually solve the problem that they are trying to solve in the first place mixed use of land is basically this uh, has been done uh, for two reasons one is for uh, the convenience of citizens and the second is uh, it does address to a great extent the issue of congestion that we see in delhi um, i will give you one example of mixed use of land uh, which the listeners the audience of this program uh, would would make it easier for them to understand when you go to uh, places like uh, uh, some uh, you know darya ganj uh, in the in the old old parts of delhi darya ganj and even in uh, uh, the area which is called bengali market uh, near uh, near mandi house there we can see some examples of mixed use of land uh, by this what do we mean we mean that uh, there is on on that land there is a building that has been constructed uh, and that building is being used not for just one purpose not for any conducting or an economic activity or not for the just for the purpose of living which means a house it is being used for both of these purposes so when you go to these areas like darya ganj or uh, bengali market you can see that on the ground floor uh, there are some shops and not only shops there are banks bank branches uh, and a whole range of other economic activities and then on the top or, or on the above floors uh, you can see that there are there are families who are residing there so this this idea or this method that is followed is is not new it is being uh, advocated or it has been suggested and it, it is being practiced practiced by practice uh, we mean that it has already happened this has already been implemented so the fourth plan is not making a new recommendation in this regard all of these examples that i just mentioned to has happened because uh, the previous plans have been on that refer to mixed use of land those uh, provisions have already been implemented the the current plan just reinforces or reemphasizes these ideas and would offer continuous scope in this in in uh, new developments that are occurring offer scope for Uh, mixed use of land so uh, what happens is when you apply such strategies it serves uh, two purposes uh, it also creates some problems because if you uh, if you are allowing mixed use of land you have to create uh, the necessary facilities which be re- would be required by those people who visit such areas i'll just come to it uh, later but uh, this mixed use of land according to planners serves two purposes one is it reduces co- uh, commuting time 
do not don't have to go too far because if you're living on the first floor and if you're operating an economic activity on the ground floor then it it uh, it makes their life simpler and urban planning is all about improving the quality of life you have to simplify things you have to make things people friendly so it does have an advantage you don't have to travel all the time to go from one part of the city to another according to the people who have prepared the fourth plan they also say that mixed use of land also would help address the issue of uh, commuting during corona times or if such things happen in future you know uh, everything has come to a standstill it did come to a standstill uh, when there were waves of pandemic that were occurring uh, when the numbers were of cases were very high uh, you you know that everything was locked down and you could not so mixed use of land uh, and when things open uh, gradually when unlocking happens uh, activities such as mixed use of land uh, facilitate or ease in the life of of city dwellers so uh, this is one way of understanding uh, how uh, uh, effectively uh, mixed use of land technique works the other example can be given again it is not new they speak about transit oriented development which means that uh, and uh, we see it a lot in uh, developed cities where uh, they have created facilities along major travel corridors which means that you do not have to divert uh, your vehicle too much to avail a certain facility or service or a, or buy a certain commodity it is on the way you know you just imagine being in that position like it is not always easy to to travel to far off places to to buy a certain thing or to avail a certain service if you if if that facility is available along your routes of daily travel then it becomes very convenient and accessible to to do the work you save time you save money in travel costs and and you and you there is less stress so all of these things are very helpful now in the case of the fourth plan they are saying you have transit oriented development which means along the mobility corridors along major highways there is scope uh for uh creation of activities like uh, this can be further understood by uh if you walk down under the subways of canal place you know i would say that they are still very less unutilized there is scope for many activities to be provided within those subways or uh, such areas so all of this potential needs to be tapped they have tapped a lot in in uh, global cities but there is a lot of uh, scope for tapping within our cities including delhi so uh, these are uh, i would say effective strategies to address uh, some of the requirements very important requirements that citizens require on an everyday basis
That's true. And uh, this plan does offer many new ideas on how to do some of these things better. My last question before we end is around the question of implementation. And one of the issues that's plagued the planning process, especially in Delhi, has been weak implementation and delays in implementation. Uh, I think the last plan, the master plan for 2021, was only finally notified in, 20, in 2007, six years after the plan, planning process was initiated. So could you talk to us a little bit about how the planning process will work from here on now that the draft is in the public domain? And what are some of the problems in implementing the plan that need to be corrected so that this uh, master plan can actually work properly? Uh, this uh, question uh, is extremely relevant and it has been uh, bothering uh, not only the civil society, but also the planning community because uh, uh, you know, many a times uh, planners have, are being blamed for things which they don't even do. Uh, you know, what uh, citizens see is what is in front of their eyes. They see the development that has happened over the years. They see inequalities in those development. They see deficiencies in those development. And they say that uh, there are deficiencies uh, within the planners and the planning community and in the master plans, and this is the result. But this is not always true. This is uh, part of the picture that is visible, and the other part is uh, is also to be understood in order to be uh, in order to arrive at a conclusion. You know, uh, in articles uh, which we see or in the media which. Uh, which we read about, I think uh, a holistic approach is not being followed to understand the situation. You know, if you look at the, uh, I'll just deviate from this master plan. I would just bring in the topic of smart cities mission in India. Uh, if, if you just look at that mission and the progress, there is a lot of criticism about, about the, the, the 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 of the fact that everybody is asking where are these smart cities? The government of India and the Ministry of Housing and Urban Affairs had promised that they would deliver or they would transform existing cities into smart cities within a period of uh, five years because that's what they had promised at the time of uh, when the agenda or the political manifesto was, was prepared by the current government in power. Now, you know, this is not the best way to place uh, things in public domain. Number one, uh, you cannot expect any, any Indian city, which, has, which is at a very low level of development, uh, when compared with other global cities to transform into a smart city. Smart city is a very advanced concept. I would say that it is a good program initiated by the government of India, but it would take several more years if things are done in a proper manner. Now coming back to the master plan. Similarly, uh, a planner 
could have put down some of the best things in the planning document but uh, when it it is it is translated on the ground which means that the planning provisions or the uh, the proposals that are provided in the plan uh, or the policies that are like uh, acquire land acquire do a land pooling exercise or uh, uh, do water harvesting or do water recycling or uh, have clean economies or maintain green and blue assets these are policy statements or reduce vehicle pollution or promote green economies or promote nighttime economies uh, for improving livelihood these are policy statements which uh, have to be a part of the master plan process they are a part of of the master plan uh, now the problem occurs uh, when you begin to translate so so i would i would say that the plan uh, is 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 50% good in its efforts there are deficiencies in this plan also like the previous plans uh i i won't take time but just to explain one deficiency that when they talk about land pooling for creation of more house there's new housing stock are they thinking enough of the hinterland or the peri urban areas or the rural areas where agriculture is being still being practiced are they also thinking about that population how it's going to be impacted or whether adequate compensation or rehabilitation of that population would be done in a desirable manner is questionable but uh other than that if if the 50% plan is fine and if they proceed with implementation the first thing is to translate those plans or provisions into projects projects on water projects on mobility projects on on uh, environment projects on housing and so on projects on culture or heritage maintaining heritage delhi is so rich in heritage but if you compare a heritage maintenance levels in the west or global city which is much advanced and in delhi there is significant amount of uh, difference i would say so so you are translating those policy proposals into projects uh nowhere the plan says how the implementing agencies once the plan goes into the hands of the implementing agencies would be going deeper into it because they are the ones who would be developing projects uh, that would be related to the policies that are mentioned in the plan then they are already not good in financial condition most of these civic agencies their financial condition is weak so if if such uh, proposals are provided in the master plan and if uh, they they are uh, they don't have sufficient so i would say the first challenge that is coming in the way of proper implementation of the plan is finance 
the smart city plans, which is different from a master plan, has gone into having a section on finance and also describing how that those finances can be mobilized by the civic agency or a special purpose vehicle in the case of Smart Cities Mission. And what are the uh, options that can be tapped to raise funding? But in the case of master plan, which is a longer term 20 year document, no such information is provided in the master plan, which explains how uh, the implementing agencies, because there are a wide variety of implementing agencies, environment department, urban development department, transport, how or the Delhi Urban Shelter Improvement, TUSIB uh, Improvement Board, they, they, they need enough funds or the municipal corporation of Delhi, they need enough funds to implement the proposals uh, mentioned in the master plan. So if they don't have sufficient funds, the quality of projects and the quality of materials that are being used would not be sustainable. It would deteriorate over time. It would not be available for a long time. And again, the grievances of the citizens uh, would emerge uh, within a very short period. So finance, I would say, is a significant issue that needs to be addressed. The second thing that comes in the way of implementation is about the things like the demand for a resource like water. You know, the plan is saying that this is how the demand for water can be made. But if the water is not available within Delhi, or they are not doing rainwater harvesting, they are not in a significant manner, they are not doing uh, water recycling, and all the time they are dependent on the adjoining uh, uh, states. I would not say that it's a wrong thing to dependent, be dependent on adjoining states. You know, if a city's uh, physiographic or resource character is such that they will never be able to meet their water demand uh, within through their own city limits on their own, uh, dependence is natural. But uh, in, in some ways, uh, the governments of the adjoining states need to have a better relationships or coordination with Delhi so that abundance water, abundant water, you know, states of Himachal Pradesh and Haryana and Uttar Pradesh, they have much more water. I would say that uh, Uttarakhand, these are water abundant states. They have a lot of fresh water that's, it's not reaching Delhi in the way it should. And therefore, while the plan talks about it, if the states do not coordinate or cooperate with each other, then no amount of uh, reuse ring of water or no amount of reduction of water or harvesting would be good because Delhi's population is sizable. And if uh, you don't have adequate water as required, uh, about 1,455 million gallons per day by 2041, 
It's about 935 million gallons per day. Currently, according to the Delhi Jal Board, the water supply agency in Delhi. And then, irrespective of the fact that the plan is suggesting several things, and if the civic agencies are not working to the best of their abilities due to their own institutional or capacity issues, then the, there is every possibility that what has happened in the past will happen in future. And by this, I mean that uh, there would be, there has been a shortage of water and there have been conflicts over water in unauthorized colonies in slums from time to time. There is conflict between the government department and between the, uh, with the inhabitants of those areas, which is not a good sign uh, and it would and it these examples of irregularities and underperformance brings down the rank of of cities like Delhi when they are compared with global cities and Delhi's ranking on congestion on water on quality of life on 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 the percentage of population which is below poverty line. Or, or living in informal areas, Delhi's ranking is very low. Uh, they, 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 they do not uh, fare very well when compared with global cities. Uh, one example is the case of air pollution, uh, to be about which everybody knows Delhi has been ranked number one most polluted city and Indian cities about 14, 15 most polluted cities in the world. And when you even compare it with Chinese cities, Indian cities are do not fare well. When you walk in places like Beijing, you know, uh, one good activity in a smart city or when we talk about sustainable cities, livable cities, like the master plan talks about, uh, one good uh, characteristic of a smart city or a livable city is walkability. The master plan, the smart city plan for Delhi, the master plan, they talk a lot about walkability, but it is impossible to walk even within the neighborhood to, this, to a local market because areas are not walkable. There is pollution dust pollution, vehicular pollution, and all sorts of uh, foul smells. Uh, and the walking areas, the pedestrian, in, 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 on some roads, other than New Delhi area, uh, there are several uh, roads in Delhi and in the adjoining cities like Gurgaon, where uh, footpaths are not available. So, uh, for this reason, I would say that there is a, uh, even, even the master plan would be providing or the bylaws would be providing for doing such things. You know, creating a footpath is not a new thing. Creating street infrastructure or road infrastructure are not new things. But the, the thing to understand is, uh, whether the agencies who are responsible for providing these things, and this also relates to the master plan, uh, do they have enough 
skills within their functionaries are they aware enough have they created citizen grievance mechanisms properly uh, have do they have enough funds in a city like moscow the city government of moscow has an excellent online offline systems uh, for taking feedback from citizens about each an aspect of how would the citizens want their city should be what should be the color of a metro line corridor you know in delhi these metro lines were developed in phases there was this color used blue line and green line and this line and that line and even for simple things uh these citizens of moscow are so it's called a referendum system they, they their feedback is obtained and if they are not willing like if they are not willing to change the name of the city uh, so my concluding uh, remark would be that uh, the even when the plan has provided for several of the things uh the the implementing agencies uh their capacities and their skills and their financial condition uh still needs to be improved that amount of support has to be offered by the higher levels of government to bring them up to a certain level and to prepare them so that they become stronger uh once uh, they they have made they have been brought up to a certain level uh, their performance would improve and many of the uh, provisions that have been provided in the plan would see the light of day and would not remain on paper thank you thank you yeah definitely this was a very informative uh, discussion i, I think it quite good to put it up so thank you so much for this thank you We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode. So make sure you don't miss it. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about our research and team, you can visit us at CarnegieIndia.org. You can also find us on social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you for listening. See you next time.